Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Steeler Nation Live out of Rochester, New York. Your home for Steelers news info and other sports news with your host, Sanders Tisdale and James Owen and new anchor, former Super Bowl kicker, Jeff Reed. Welcome to Steeler Nation Live. It's your boy, Sanders Tisdale. My boy, James Owen has the night off. Now, guys, this is the best time of the year where you guys are going to probably be out there taking your old lady out there, spending a great time with the one you love, listening to the radio, especially listening to us here on WBLZ Sports, the only sports talk radio show that has balls. We want you guys to check us out here on www.stillanationlive.net. Go to our website. We want to see you out there wearing your best black and gold. Also, go to TuneIn Radio and see us there on Still A Nation Live show. And check out our other shows on Stitcher. Streaming there for you guys because we want you to see and get the best black and gold information there is out there. Every Tuesday night, 6 to 7 p.m. And foremost, we want to thank the other guys out there that's doing their thing out there on WBLZ Sports. You guys tune into this station. It's one of the best ones out there. You got to excuse us here on, on Still A Nation Live. A lot of us was under the weather. I was under the weather totally last week. I was out, and these guys covered me well, covered the show well. So there's much respect, much up to the guys and what they do. Chad and the other guys out there know you're a big Buffalo Bill fan, Chad. But the fact is, it's cold up here, bro. But the love is in the air. And that's what we're going to do on tonight's show. We're going to have a special show tonight to where we're going to actually give back the love to what is known as Steeler football. We're going to do some shows out there that we, you know what, did nothing but interview nothing but Steelers. And that's out here for you Steeler fans because we know you guys Love hearing nothing but Steeler football. A lot of things going on in the NFL since we last talked. Of course, everybody knows that the New England Patriots pulled it out and did a great job, you know, winning that game, coming from behind. Brady, Brady might have signified himself as one of the best ever. Is it true? I mean, a lot of people beg to differ. Joe Montana says that he isn't the best ever. If you go by rankings in the NFL, you might see that Brady might be under some of the best ones out there. Is it due to the fact that Brady is playing in a league that's more conducive to a pass-happy league to where the league wants to see more offensive showings out there and a lot of other things going on in the NFL? And I, I beg to differ. I think Brady is a great quarterback, but the fact is, Will Brady be able to survive if he was in the era of the 70s or 80s? Now, granted, I know a lot of you guys out there are sitting there saying, you know what, Brady is the guy that is now. And he is the guy that is now. But 
Is he protected? And don't get me wrong. I'm a Steeler Nation Live, a Steeler show that's out there. I love Ben Roethlisberger. I love what he possesses. I love the skill set. But the fact is, he's protected as well. A lot of the quarterbacks out there in today's game, they are protected. Once you come down to it, I'm going to get your feedback on that. I'm not sure if this, if the lines are up right now. I was just having some problems with it, but we'll try it again. 216-539-9967. But the fact is, Roethlisberger, uh, Kaepernick, just, just, just to go down a list of quarterbacks out there, a lot of quarterbacks out there in today's game, they are protected. And is, are they protected because of the injury prone that they are susceptible to? Like back in the day when a lot of the guys in the pocket would back up and take such heavy abuse. And they are. I must admit, would Ben Roethlisberger progress if he was playing in the 70s, 80s era compared to your football is now where you're more protected? For God's sakes, if you scratch a receiver going down a field, that's a penalty flag. And these guys in the 70s and 80s, they didn't play like that. These guys were physical. So now you got a quarterback out there who's got ample time and on every play. I Guys calling, I want to see. 216-539-9967. Why in the world aren't there more completions in today's NFL? And the reason I said that, which there is, but it should be higher rates because I don't understand in today's NFL. Maybe, like I said, you can't understand the complexities of different game sets or different things that's going on out there in the NFL. But the fact is, every receiver that leaves off the line of scrimmage should be open. Bar none. It's almost like playing flag football to a certain extent until it gets physical out in the secondary, and you do get chucked at the line of scrimmage, which could be done in flag football. But the fact is, guys should be open as they go off the line of scrimmage. Every team out there should be their, – their leading receiver should be the tight end. The tight end goes off the line of scrimmage, automatically he's open. I'm trying to understand it. You guys give me the feedback here on Steeler Nation Live. We want to see what your thoughts are. And like we said, we're broadcasting from one of the best shows out there at WBLZ Sports Talk Radio. And guys, like we said, this is the love show tonight. And the reason is I'm going to play the doctor tonight. And I want to do that because you know what? This is the Steeler show. And we want to give much love to you Steeler fans out there. So guys, check out the website. We want to see you wearing your best black and gold here on this love day. And one of the shows we're going to start off with is let's let's start off one of the other ones. There are early shows that we had out there where we had Jim Baker. You remember Jim Baker? No, no, not the one with the, the chick back in the day where she used to have the running mascara and running down her face and, and, and spreading the gospel. No, not that guy. Jim Baker. We did an interview with Jim Baker and Jim Baker is the guy who possesses the Holy Grail. Of Pittsburgh. When I said love, this is what it's about. This guy holds the ball that was from the Immaculate Reception. This is a huge interview. We did this a while ago, and we wanted to make sure you guys got a taste of what it was in that one. Huge interview that's coming up here. You guys got to get the feedback on this one. Jim Baker holds the ball, goes all over the place, and distributes that ball. So this show is coming up for you only here on WBLZ Sports, the only sports you're out there that has balls. And TalkShoeRadio.com. And new for the 2015-2016 season, kicking it with Jeff Reed, former Super Bowl champion of Pittsburgh Steelers. Your host, 
Steel Nation Live, Sanders Tisdale, and James Owen. Welcome to Steeler Nation Live here in Rochester, New York. I'm James Owen. I'm Sanders Tisdale. And with us tonight, one of the greatest guests at Steeler Nation Live is the caretaker and owner of the ball, the actual football in the Immaculate Reception, Jim Baker. Welcome to Steeler Nation Live. How are you doing tonight, sir? Thank you so much, and I want to thank uh, everybody in the Steeler Nation, especially your show, for um, giving me such an honor as a guest and introducing me so great. Uh, I appreciate everything you said about me. Hey, Jim, like I said, this is Sanders Tisdale from Steeler Nation Live, and like we said, you know what? We spoke offline earlier, and the fact is we want a lot of these younger people out here to know that's a part of Steeler Nation who love the Steelers or are on the verge of beginning to realize who the Steelers are, you know, where it all started. And this is the man, you guys got to realize, this is the guy who basically holds the holy grail to football, you know what I mean, for the Steelers. This guy possesses that diamond in the rough. And, Jim, you know what? That's what we're here for these people to realize what it's all about. And when you bring us back, you know, during this interview, these people see this and hear this, they'll realize, you know what? This guy is the man. And you're one of the legends of the icons of Steeler Nation, Jim. Thank you for so much. Uh, that's the way it uh, really makes me feel sometimes uh, to be, to have such an important part of the Steeler history. Um, it, it is an icon. Um, I just love having it. Uh, I've done thousands of interviews with it. But, I mean, it's something special, and I'm glad we still have it here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> now, now, Jim, let, um, let me say this now. The, the Pittsburgh fans of today realize we have six Super Bowl trophies, and we're probably going to get a seventh this year. I don't want to jinx this. I really hope we do. Mm-hmm. I pray to God we do, and I think we are. Now, they don't, they don't realize back in the day, we're talking the 60s, the uh, the early 70s, the Pittsburgh Steelers weren't really a good team. In fact, they were a laughingstock in the NFL. What was it like for you growing up in Pittsburgh, being a Steeler fan as a kid, and having to go through you know, being a Steeler fan or whatnot? Well, I could tell you, it was especially tough. Uh, at that particular time, um, I was 23 or 24 years old, uh, just started a family, <laughs> just started a new job with uh, uh, Erie Insurance out of Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, times were tough uh, from a pretty poor family, but I always liked to go to the football games, and at the time working, I saved enough money to buy season passes. And, and when I started my own business, I had to sell those passes and believe it or not, for this particular game, I didn't have a pass anymore. Uh, the I was actually given a ticket, two tickets, with my nephew and myself for this particular game. So it, it, as it went, the Steelers weren't doing so good. I had to make a decision to uh, uh, keep my family moving. You know, <laughs> I had to keep my family moving with not having a just starting a new job. I had to give up my season passes. So I was lucky enough that somebody couldn't make the game, gave me a ticket for myself and my young nephew who lives in Boston now, Pat. Uh, we got the tickets to go to this game. So it, it, it wasn't always peaches and cream with the Steelers. We went to a lot of losses, and 
and uh, enjoyed the Steelers. We backed them all the way. I mean, uh, we, we backed them back then just like we backed them now, probably even a little more. Now, let me ask you this now, Jim. You know, let's fast forward to, to that, the day of that game, December 23rd, 1972. You know, you have the tickets to the game, like you said, and, and it's a playoff game, and they're playing the, uh, you know, the Oakland Raiders. Everyone hates the Oakland Raiders. I still hate them to this day myself. What does that hate tell them. you? But the hate fact them. is, you know, <laughs> what did you feel about the Steelers' chances heading into that playoff game versus the Oakland Raiders? Uh, I really believed, just like everybody else, I'm sure, there was a lot of, of so many fans at the game. Not only that, the game was blacked out around Pittsburgh, so you couldn't really get to watch the game uh, on TV. You had to drive uh, to West Virginia, to Altoona, Wow. Places like your place in New York. So it's not something you just got to flip on the TV and see it if you didn't have a a, a ticket to that game. So as far as the Steelers winning, uh, you know, we we believed in them back then. Uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, meet a lot of the Steelers on the outside at different locations. I, I don't want to say so much as bars, but we meet, we met them because of an insurance agent. Uh, I insured some car dealerships that sponsored some of the Steelers where they gave them promotional things such as a vehicle and things like that. So I was fortunate enough to get to meet some of the uh, Steelers like uh, uh, Joe Green and Jack Ham and wow. Jack Lambert. And, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, it was great. It was great. We was able to spend a lot of time with them on the outside. About the play, Jim, we, we can't really ask you – you know, ask you about the play because you didn't really see it uh, per se when it actually happened. I'm, I'm pretty sure you saw the reviews, but walk us through after the touchdown and and how you came up with the ball. Well, okay, what I it, I know there was a, a lot of times when I do interviews, some of the interviewers change, and I'm not saying you guys do that, but there was a uh, interview in Pittsburgh where one of the TV guys said I didn't see the play. I actually did see. The, the ball go through the air, but I did not see Franco pick it off the, you know, pick it because of people jumped up in front of me. Right. But I did see Franco, I did see Franco running down into the end zone and I jumped like everybody else. But at that particular time, I just <laughs> grabbed my, my, listen to this, I, everybody jumped and, and, and remind you, I'm only five foot five. Uh, standing on bleachers like everybody else. I grabbed the nephew, and I just kept watching Franco. And as he circled around, Franco threw the ball on the ground. And we all got to remember, if you watch the uh, play, or you look afterwards, Franco had this big afro after he took out his helmet. He was rookie rookie of the year that year, okay? He didn't think, I mean, he, he didn't think of keeping the ball. There was so much pandemonium, he just threw it down, and, and the, an equipment man picked it up. And as I'm watching, he hands it back to the referee. Well, I grabbed the nephew, and I ran down the stadium steps, jumped off the dugout with my 14-year-old nephew. I said, come on, we're jumping. <laughs> so we jumped off the dugout. <laughs> we jumped off the dugout, and they just, the place was going crazy. They just kept pushing us back. But I'm watching, watching the referee holding this ball. So if you watch the play on National Football League films, you'll see that the, the, everybody was around the end of the fields, and they just kept shoving us back, and finally they made a decision after maybe two or three minutes that the play was good. 
Well, they never took the ball out of play. So I said to the nephew, we were down in the end zone. I said, let's get behind the goalpost. I'm just watching and watching. Jarella comes in. <laughs> they put that ball down. I'm thinking, are they crazy? They put that ball down. They didn't pull that stamp, okay? They kicked it for the extra point. It hit the wall, careened back. And as they come back, it was bouncing, but I jumped on it like everybody else. And fortunately, I come off the bottom of the pile with the football. <laughs> I can tell you, this, this, this is so funny. Um, hmm. I'm going to say it was about three months ago, I had a call from a fellow in uh, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. He left me a message on my home phone. And he said, uh, Mr. Baker, Jim, he said, would you... Would you give me a phone call back? He says, I'm going to talk to you about the Immaculate Reception. He says, i got a story to tell you, but I don't know if you're going to believe me. And that, Remember, I'm an insurance agent. I have my own business, you know, the, the Baker Insurance in, in, uh, in, in West Mifflin here. And I said, I said, you know what? I call everybody back. I don't care who you are. I'm calling him back. So I called him back up, and he asked if I wanted to listen to his story. And I said, sure. He told me that he was 18 at the time. He touched the ball first. Everything I said was true that happened because he got his face smashed into the ground. He still has a scar. Oh yeah, he, still, he, got, he has a scar from broken glasses. If I go to Lake Trobe, he said he'll show me the scar on his lip. It's, it had to get sewed up. He still has the broken glasses. He said, but you got the ball. <laughs> and I said, that's right. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it, it, it's great. You know, even back then, when I left that stadium, when I when I grabbed that ball and come out of the pile, and my I grabbed my nephew's hand, and I said, "Come on, let's run!" because I was afraid some big stealer or some big guy was just going <laughs> to chase us down and rip it out of my hand. I grabbed the nephew, and we darted across the, the whole length of the field, up through the uh, stadium, uh, and then out into the parking area. And I knocked on, I was still worried, you know, we're just little guys. I got a little kid with me. I, knocked, I tapped on a, a windshield or on the side window of a car that was sitting there. And there was a man and a lady sitting in it. It was a 58 Pontiac. Wow. And I tapped on the window. He, he put the window down and he, he said, what could I do for you? I said, listen, I got the game ball. I said, could I pay you to ride me? <laughs> across the bridge over to Pittsburgh. That's where the car was parked, right? Wow. And he, he, he couldn't believe it, him and his girlfriend. And he said, jump in. So I jumped in, and he, he said, let me sh look at it. So I showed him. He said, we'll give you a ride. And he said, we sat here listening to this game. They were huge Steelers fans. He said, we didn't have tickets, so we decided to come sit in a parking lot and listen to the game. Imagine that. And, wow. and so they gave us a ride across, and, and of course, uh, I hit it out of Pittsburgh with the football, the game ball. Wow. Amazing. Now, now Jim, that, now that is something. Now, now after that whole transpire of everything that went down on that day, what what happened after that? Because, you know, of course, the news media and everything had to be a frenzy of like, okay, you know, who's got the ball? Where's this ball coming from? How did this all come about to where it's discovered that you have the ball? Okay. Well, what happened um, that particular day I went – not directly home with the football. I stopped at a, a huge Steelers fan. He's deceased now. Really nice guy. His name was Ray Chismar. Had a few body shops here in Pittsburgh. Right. And Ray always had, he always carried uh, two large 
briefcases full cash, full cash. I mean, he bought exotic things, you know. He, and I stopped, and he's such a big fan. I stopped at his place, and I said, I got something to show you. Ray. I says, I got the game ball. He said, you got to be kidding me. And he says, I'll buy it off you right now. He opened his briefcase. He shows me, he says, I'll give you 1500 bucks for it right now. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no. I said, I got a, uh, a newborn son at home, and I'm going to take it home. So. So I took the, uh, of course, I went home with the football, and I had my, my son Sam was born that week, and everybody was uh, coming to see the football. They, you know, when I, the word got around and I got the game ball, everybody was coming over to see the ball instead of my son. It was like crazy. <laughs> Welcome to Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it, it was like crazy to come to see the, the football instead of my son, and he's just newborn. But um, so from that was on a that was on a uh, Saturday night. So Sunday, you know, everybody would come to my place, and then the next thing you know, word got out that I had the football. And believe this or not, my brother-in-law, Bob Pavichak Sr., okay, who was a Pittsburgh press photographer, he's the one that gave me the tickets to take his son. To the game because he had to. He was a photographer who never worked the games, but he was called to work the game that day because the regular photographer who worked the games was sick. So remember, I said it took my nephew. He said you could have these tickets if you take my son, and and that's who I got the tickets from. He actually had to work the game. Wow. So when he. Guys, like we said, we wanted you guys to get a little taste of what goes on here at Stiller Nation Live. We're going to go to commercial break, but we're going to keep this love train rolling with the love for the Steelers, the black and gold. That was Jim Baker right there. Go to our website, www.stillernationlive.net. Check out the rest of that interview and check out some of the other interviews. But we're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to start up and let you guys head up with our next guest that was on the show to give you a little bit more still of love. And that's, guess who? The mayor of Pittsburgh. Next up this on Still a Nation Live. is WBLZ Sports. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold sets up. Hey, everyone. It's Pamela Michelle, the host of Sports Infusion. Join me and my co-host, Thomas Murphy, every Wednesday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time only on WBLZ for Sports Infusion as we cover everything from sports to pop culture, even a little bit of politics. Do what all the cool kids are doing and get infused only on WBLZ where we've got balls. Whether it be your industrial, commercial, or residential needs, Gen Service is the electrical contractor for you. The Gen Service team has the expertise, commitment, and educational years to help you solve your electrical concerns. They have you in their best interest with helpful suggestions to accommodate your every want. Give them a call no matter the size of the job at 740-438-7173. And mention WBLZ Sports, you will get a discount. That's Gen Service, 740-438-7173. Can we just get a made-up play call from you with Ben Roethlisberger going to Antonio Brown for a touchdown and taking it in for a score? All right, Ben, no huddle. Looks left, looks right, communicates, steps back into the shotgun, 
The Angelo to his right. Here's the snap. He's back. He looks. Put slam over the middle. There goes Antonio Brown. He's loose, and he is going, going, gone. Kevin Green to Steel Nation Live. Kevin, great to have you on our show. Outstanding. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Good to be on the show. Join Sanders Tisdale and James Owen and co-host Jeff Reed as we talk to some of the biggest names in Steeler Nation Live sports out there. Check us out every Tuesday night, 6 to 7 p.m., only on WBLZ Sports, the only sports you're out there that has balls. Doug Peffer painting a pressure washing. He has over 30 years of painting experience. He's interior, exterior, commercial, or residential. Doug Peffer covers it all. Is your house looking ugh? We'll call on Doug. Doug Peffer painting and pressure washing. 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and get a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer painting and pressure washing. 404-966-3361. You think you know me. Welcome back to the Love Edition here on Steeler Nation Live. It's your boy Sanders Tisdale doing it Lone Wolf this week. James is out this week, maybe doing the Love Jones himself. Who knows? But like we said here on Steeler Nation Live, we recognize we want to give much love to the ladies out there, the ladies in their lives, the ladies in your lives, the guys out here listening on radio. We want you guys to go out there, do the best you can. Make her feel love. You know why? So you can come back and check out the show here on Still a Nation Live. So, guys, a lot of things going on here. A lot of things going on in the offseason. One thing we want to talk about on today's show was the fact that there are a lot of guys out there who might be getting bestowed with the old franchise tag. You know the old franchise tag, which holds them into their, their where they are playing now at a certain level amount or money amount, and some guys aren't too happy about that. But one of the things we have for the Steelers right now that's going on is the fact that we have Le'Veon Bell running back for the Steelers. He and Antonio Brown are looking for long-term contracts, and the Steelers have to do a lot this offseason to make sure these guys stay happy and stay in Pittsburgh. One of the things the Steelers want to be more regressed on is to know that Antonio Brown left his antics from this past season, which caused somewhat of disruption. But the fact is, let's, let's get it out of the air. Nobody played good in that game against the New England Patriots. But the fact is, both of these guys are up for contracts and... Le'Veon Bell, we feel, is going to be the one that might be franchise tagged, but he's looking at upwards of numbers that should top about $12 million. There are a lot of things to be out there, especially on the Steelers' end. And if you keep going down the list, Kirk Cousins hasn't really been signed yet in Washington. And the fact is, if Washington excuse me, signs him to a high-priced exclusive franchise tag or not, the Redskins could lose him, and he could join teams such as the 49ers out there who are desperate in need of a quarterback. And Cousin earned almost 12, excuse me, 20 million on the tag last season and will make close to 24 million if he signs the tag again this year. So right now, Kirk Cousins, right now, he's in a good spot. A lot of these guys out there, they're looking for ways 
to to make the money. And how could you blame them in today's age and things that are going on right now? I don't want to get into a, a political debate here on Still Nation Live because that's not what it's all about. All we care about right now is the pigskin. So, guys, call us 216-539-9967. We're going to jump right into our next show here on the Love Show tonight here on Still Nation Live. And one of them back in the day that we wanted to talk to you guys about was the fact that the mayor, the mayor of Pittsburgh, Bill Peduto, he stopped by the studios and we got him in here. He did a lot of talk with us. Great guy. Listen to the interview. I'm pretty sure. And like we said, we're going to let you guys listen to the majority of these interviews. And then we're going to tell you, check us out on the website. A lot of things there. Get your full feed on. Go to Stitcher. Check us out as well. And we're streaming all over here. And check us out. We're doing it live here on WBLZ Sports. And also... Check us out on TuneIn Radio on Still a Nation Live show as well. So there you have it. Check out the show. You'll love it. Here on the Love Jones with Sanders Tisdale on Still a Nation Live. Our next guest was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Has the pleasure to oversee the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, and pretty much everything else that happens in the city of Pittsburgh. Sworn in as the 60th mayor of the city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on January 6, 2014 in Heinz Field. He's a Scorpio. He loves long walks on the beach, holding hand and cuddling in front of the fire. Let's have a big, warm welcome for the mayor of Pittsburgh, William Peduto, to Steel Nation Live. Welcome, Mayor. Hey, guys. Good to be on the show. Hey, Mayor. Thanks for coming out, checking us out here on Steel Nation Live. And we are more than ecstatic to have you on. Like I said, Big O, we're talking to the big honcho of Pittsburgh. Not not the head coach, but the one above, the honcho. Oh, man, I love the city. I got to tell you, man, really quick, I love the city of Pittsburgh. Love it. I want to move there. <laughs> well, I got a place for you in Bloomfield, so you let me know when you're coming. <laughs> That's what I told you. You like this guy. Oh, absolutely. Hey, Mayor, now you, you've held different positions in city office before landing the position of mayor. You seem to many people inside of Pittsburgh and outside of Pittsburgh to be a progressive type, like, you know, a hip type mayor. And I would say swag. Yeah, I, that's what I'm talking about. This guy has it. And I don't know if a lot of you guys outside of Pittsburgh, if you know, they, you know, if he's done other things such as the, the undercover boss, we've seen him on there. Great show. And I, I love the bit that you did there, Big O. Loved it. I loved, loved the beard. The, the look was great. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and also. It's sort of his uh, duck, duck Dynasty meets uh, Jerry Garcia. It's somewhat funny, <laughs> It was great. And if you guys missed it, you got to check it out. And we've also heard you a lot, guys. you got to check them out there on Pittsburgh's main main hub there, the WDVE Morning Show with uh, Randy Bauman. I've heard you on there a lot, and you are great, and this is this is progressive. And this is why I said we had to have this guy on the show. A lot of mayors, you know, people think of them being stuffy, a little uptight. But you know what? You're a little bit different from that, Mayor. Yeah, I'm, I'm living my dream. So, you know, this is the best job I'll have in my life, and I just try to think each day. Um, how can I appreciate it? You know, you just look back when it's all done and said, and you ask yourself, did you try to do everything that you wanted to do, and did you have a little bit of fun along the way? And, you know, the thing about people in Pittsburgh, they'd never put up with somebody who was stuffy. It's just it's not in our nature. We're down-to-earth people, and they expect that out of their mayor. Now, Mayor, let's go back a couple days. Say, like, 2012 with former Mayor Luke Ravenstahl. Ravenstahl, I don't even know how he got into office with that name. I know, but, I know. But, but anyways, Mayor, <laughs> he lost a bet with Denver's Mayor, Michael Hancock, 
where Mary Ravenstall had to uh, wear the Broncos jersey and do the Tebow because they had a little side bet when uh, we unfortunately lost to the Broncos. Do you see yourself making any friendly bets, as we might say on the show, because we don't gamble here, with any other mayors, maybe say the mayor of Baltimore? I could definitely see that happening in the future. I'm not sure what it would be that would be the wager. But i got to tell you, you know, we've been looking, getting ready for the upcoming snow, and uh, I could use a new plow truck. <laughs> wow. Like I said, you love, love this guy. And you know what? We also want to get the, the, the fracture for people out, outside of Pittsburgh. There are a lot of Steeler fans out there. That's why this is called Steeler Nation, because there's so many Steeler fans out there outside of Pittsburgh. What do you think attracts so many fans to the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and Pittsburgh? We're the underdog. I mean, we're the only, you know, team that's won as many Super Bowls that can still be considered an underdog. But <clears throat> the city of Pittsburgh is. A lot of people identify themselves with that. I met with the mayor of Macapal, uh, Mexico, a big city right outside of Mexico City where their hospitals are and where their economy is really growing. Since he was a child, he's been a Steeler fan. He made a, a special pilgrimage to come here wow. to see a game. But I think we have to realize that, too. Steeler fans aren't just all over the country, and they're not just the people that moved away from Pittsburgh during the uh, downturn in the economy. They're people from all over the world. And, you know, especially during the 70s, after so many decades of not having a team that had with a winning record, all of a sudden the team comes and becomes the dynasty. I think that that sort of really, for folks that grew up in that era, um, solidified it. And then for others, watching them come back and being able to, to put together, you know, the next two Super Bowls, it's just it's something that's special. Now, being the mayor of Pittsburgh, you're a pretty popular guy. Now, there's also some pretty popular people in the city of Pittsburgh as well. We'll say the Roonies. What yeah. relationship do you have with the Roonies, political or or any other uh, personal relationships? Well, you know, being a Pittsburgh kid, you know, grew up in the 70s, there's certainly a lot of respect to the Rooney family. And, the, you know, they've kept this operation in the family while others have sold the teams or they have uh, very diversified boards where they only have a minority interest. The Roonies have kept the senior interest and kept it within the family. And you see that with the players and the respect that they have for the family. And, you know, it's, it's an honor to get to work with them. And we work on a lot of different issues, not, you know, not just the game day operations, but the development in the north side and the ability to work on different issues that they have taken a strong interest in. And, you know, working with Mrs. Rooney at this point, on a park that she has uh, put a lot of time and attention into seeing the West Park over in the, uh, in the north side and the restoration of it. They put their effort into Pittsburgh as much as they put the effort within the team. Exactly. And, and that's one thing you have to respect with the, uh, the Roonies, the way that, like you said, it just, just doesn't encompass that, that stadium right there. They go out and they help the community, and that is huge. And, you know, I don't know if you can say that about a lot of other teams out there, a lot of other organizations out there, but these guys, they have to be well-respected, and they show it every time by that. But you, you being the yeah. mayor and you, growing, and you growing up in Pittsburgh, the fact is you've seen a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers come and go, some great ones, from Mean oh, to yeah. Green to Terry yeah. Bradshaw. 
Who's your favorite Steeler of all time and why? Jack Lambert. <laughs> Jack Lambert, just because of the way that he played the game. And, you know, I had the opportunity to get to meet him, um, I guess, about 10 years ago or so. He actually started playing hockey after he, he hung up the cleats. He, he put on some skates and played on a, a charity hockey team that I actually play on, and we never got to skate at the same time. He quit before I started, but we were at a uh, a banquet, and he just ripped me apart up and down and just wow. was merciless. And all I could do is feel honored because <laughs> here's the guy, and he's the real deal. I mean, what he was on the field is what he is as a, as a, as a person. I mean, he, he's tough, but there's also this uh, – Decide about that he understood that my getting the ribbing uh, made me feel kind of special because he was giving me the attention. Oh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was one thing to be. He kept calling me Murphy. You're Tom Murphy. Yeah, You're Murphy. Where, where'd you buy that suit? You know, five and dime. He's just everything about me. He was just ripping about. But at the end of the day, he came up and gave me a good handshake and uh, wished me well. And. Uh, but, man, the way that he played football back in the 70s, we, we used to try to be like Jack Lambert when it would come to playing defense and Lynn Swan when it would come to playing uh, offense. And the little games that we used to play in the cemetery that was behind our house, um, you always would try to do the swan dive. You know, you'd always try to reach out. and Even if the ball was coming right in your chest, you'd try to make it like a, a Lynn Swan catch. But, Magical, magical moments. I, I actually grew up um, and went to school for several years with Bobby Walton's son. Wow. And um, remember, him yeah, from Alabama. Oh, yeah. But um, uh, just those guys were part of the community. I remember there was an old movie theater on Green Tree Road called Cinema South, and my friends and I were leaving, and who's outside getting ready to go in but Mel Blunt and Mike Wagner and going up to them and shaking their hands and their hands reaching all the way around our hands. And I see those guys now. And I got to tell you, I've told Mike Wagner the story, I think, three times, and each time he gets mad at me because it reminds him how older he is than me. Wow. Now, one of my favorite Jack Lambert moments, really quick, um, to do a little sidebar here, was uh, in the Super Bowl against the Cowboys where we missed that field goal, and I believe it was Charlie Waters came up and tapped the kicker yep. on the head, and, and Jack Lambert picked him up and slammed him down. And I, I think he said, um, uh, don't quote me, but uh, we are we are not to be intimidated because we're the intimidators. And I, that was awesome. Right. Oh, yeah. That's one yep. thing, like I said, you can always love about Pittsburgh and respect them. You know, the fact is that they, they're hardworking. You said at the beginning, blue-chip, hardworking community, and, and the team displayed that as well. And, you know, like we said, even from the legends such as uh, Chuck Noll, Absolutely. Now, now, Mayor, Steelers or Pirates, what team, you know, after the 70s and 80s, what team do you think actually put the city of Pittsburgh on the map as far as professional sports? I have a, a belief about this. Um, and I think about it back in 1972 when the ball was caught out of the air. You know, the moment that Franco catches that ball. Oh, yeah. You know, up until that point, Pittsburgh is a baseball town. It is all about the base. You know, from the 1960 World Series team beating the Yankees to that 1971 World Series, Willie Stargell, Roberto Clemente, it's, it's a baseball town. 
And the moment that Franco catches that ball, and about a week later when that earthquake happens and Roberto ends up losing his life, there was a switch where a city that was the baseball city became the football city. And it sort of happens right in that month. And then you watch as the teams get, you know, not only win, but people expect them to win and then the dynasty. And uh, it was really hard as a kid to differentiate between what your love was. I, I grew up, I was going to be the first baseball player astronaut. That was wow. what I wanted to be. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah. Well, okay. I couldn't hit a curveball by ninth grade. You know, <laughs> kids start throwing curveballs and I'm striking out. And I was really bad in science, so I ended up in politics. Hey, you, <laughs> you didn't choose. You never chose. You know, it was all sports. It was, and the love was there for all of the teams. And I was a big hockey fan, you know, started playing when I was eight years old and still play to this day, 42 years later. But it's, um, it's just part of the culture. Pittsburgh is a sports town like no other. Guys, like we said, you guys, check us out here on Steeler Nation Live. We're doing our love show tonight because you guys out there who love wearing the black and gold and who support the black and gold, we want to make sure to let you know that it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day, and so who the love are for who we have, which is the Steelers. So we want you guys to go out there, do what you need to do, take care of home, then come home. The black and gold here on Still Nation Live show, especially the one on WBLZ Sports. Guys, one thing I wanted to run down before we continue on with the show, the Super Bowl is over. New England won again. Well, I guess at least they kept it in the AFC, of course. But the fact is, the draft is coming up. There are a lot of mock drafts that's formulating, and we'll have ours soon. And we want you guys to stay tuned for the update on the the final date that we're going to have for our draft show. But the fact is, ESPN already and the NFL Network as well, everybody's got their draft boards out there going already. Already. The Super Bowl's only maybe, what, two weeks old? And the draft boards are out there. But right now, I'm going to do a quick synapses of what I've seen out there, some of the draft boards, especially coming from NFL.com, and a lot of it is the fact that, which surprises me, and it might surprise some of you guys, but let me go down on the list, and let's see if it surprises you. Number one, the Browns, they said the Browns are going to be selecting first, of course, and they'll take uh, Miles Garrett, defense van out of Texas A&M. You have the 49ers. Number two, Jonathan Allen, defense van Alabama. The Bears, Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback, Ohio State. Wow. The Jags, Leonard Fournette. Fournette. I might be saying that wrong, but he's a running back out of LSU. And the fact is the Titans, Jamal Adams, safety out of LSU. The Jets, Reuben, they're number six. Reuben Foster, linebacker out of Alabama. Chargers, Malik Hooker. What a name. Safety out of Ohio State. Number eight, the Panthers. Dalvin Cook, running back out of Florida State. The Bengals, Tim Williams, outside linebacker, Alabama. The Bills, up in our country. Mitch Trubisky, quarterback, North Carolina. I don't know what's up with the Bills right there with that quarterback selection, but we'll see. Uh, number 11 for the Saints, Sidney Jones, cornerback out of Washington. The Patriots in the 12th position, they're calling them right now because the Patriots, 
they might do a blockbuster trade with the Cleveland Browns and trying to get the the New England quarterback Garoppolo from out of New England. So that should be huge if that happens. And New England's the master of using the draft. So they might slip down to that 12th position. Unbelievable. You win the Super Bowl and you're all the way in the first round selecting in the 12th position. The Cardinals, Marion Humphrey, cornerback out of Alabama. Then you have the Colts, Tease Tabor, cornerback out of Florida. Wow, a lot of cornerbacks going out of the draft. Then you have the Eagles, number 14. The Eagles want Mike Williams, wide receiver out of Clemson. Then you get the Ravens at 16, John Ross, wide receiver out of Washington. Number 17, the Redskins, Solomon Thomas, defensive end out of Stanford. 18, the Giants, Ryan Romiski, offensive tackle out of Wisconsin. The Buccaneers, number 19, Charles Harris, defensive end Missouri. The Broncos, number 20, Garrett Bowles, Offensive tackle out of Utah. 21, the Lions, Cam Robinson, offensive tackle out of Alabama. 22, the Dolphins, was at Garrison Connolly, cornerback out of Ohio State. 23, the Titans again. Corey Davis, wide receiver, Western Michigan. Wow. The Raiders, Trey Davis White, cornerback out of LSU. Texans, Jabril Peppers, safety out of Michigan. 26, the Seahawks, Christian McCaffrey, running back, Stanford. Zach Cunningham, 27th for the Chiefs, linebacker, Vanderbilt. And the Cowboys, Quincy Wilson, cornerback, Florida. Huh, interesting. 29, the Packers, Takaris McKinley, outside linebacker, UCLA. The Steelers, check this out. This is one I wanted to find out about, but check this name out. Taco Charleston, <laughs> or Charlton. Taco Charlton, outside linebacker, Michigan. Number 31, the Falcons, Adore Jackson, cornerback, USC. Wow. And also, the Patriots, again, they find a way to do it. I don't know how they do it, but they find a way. O.J. Howard, tight end, Alabama. Now, what's unbelievable to me is the fact that not only are they picking again in this round, but the fact is they're picking twice in the first round and you just won a Super Bowl now this isn't a team that knows about like they said about the Buffalo Bills about circling the wagon they circle a wagon in the draft and and it's amazing to see themselves setting themselves up again for another title unbelievable will this continue a lot of guys out there calling 216-539-9967 What's your feedback? Will Brady get a sixth title? He's got the most right now of any quarterback with one franchise. And right now, he he's the class of what a quarterback is. I talked earlier about the fact is, would he be in that class if he played in a different era? I beg to differ, me, myself. And not a knock on Brady. But back then, you had to be a more durable type quarterback because your receivers bestowed so much bump and run coverage down the field. And would he be able to get there? I don't know. But, guys, you know what? We're going to go to commercial break, come back, get our last interview in with uh, the man, Dermani Dawson. 
He's the Hall of Fame center for the Steelers. Next up on Steeler Nation Live. Hey, sports fans. Did you know Joel the Mouth McGurk is on WBLZsports.com now? That's right. Joel the Mouth McGurk, real sports talk for real sports fans on the network with the biggest balls, WBLZ, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in. Check out Thursday Night Tailgate, where NFL legends live on. We bring you five NFL legends every week, sharing their stories and insights, plus our spotlight on the positive. Hear which players are doing great things in their communities. Now on WBLZ Sports Talk Radio and WBLZSports.com. Whether it be your industrial, commercial, or residential needs, Gen Service is the electrical contractor for you. The Gen Service team has the expertise, commitment, and educational years to help you solve your electrical concerns. They have you in their best interest with helpful suggestions to accommodate your every want. Give them a call no matter the size of the job at 740-438-7173. And mention WBLZ Sports, you will get a discount. That's Gen Service, 740-438-7173. Tune in with Brian Yates and Alan Zalarzinski for NHL on the Ice, the best hockey show on the web. We bring you guests each and every week for a show. Also, we bring you a national perspective of the NHL and also fantasy hockey advice. So check us out and follow us on Twitter at NHL on underscore the underscore ice and at Zla Sports. On WBLZ, we've got balls. Doug Pepper painting a pressure washing. He has over 30 years of painting experience. He's interior, exterior, commercial or residential. Doug Pepper covers it all. Is your house looking ugh? We'll call on Doug. Doug Pepper Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and get a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Pepper Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. When was the last time somebody asked you to get a little bit deeper? Well, I'm asking you right now. This is Robin Vandenberg, and I'm inviting you to join me every Saturday between 4 and 5 p.m. for Deep Shiz. It's on WBLZ Sports, where we've got balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are oh, you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Ah, it's your boy here on the love night, Valentine's night here on WBLZ Sports. It's your boy Sanders Tisdale here trying to bring the love to all you Steeler lovers out there. And we're going to do that. And we've been doing that all night here at 6 to 7 here tonight on WBLZ Sports Talk Radio here on SteelerNationLive.net. We want to see you guys wearing your best black and gold but one of the interviews we're gonna end off with tonight is the fact of hall of famer Dermani dawson making a stop here at the main place what we call love here on valentine's night here on still a nation live it's your boy sanders tisdale james owen will be back next week so check us out here on still a nation live and new anchor former super bowl kicker jeff reed Welcome to Steeler Nation Live. I'm Sanders Tisdale. And I'm James Owen. 
Folks, our next guest spent his entire career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky, went on to play college football for the Kentucky Wildcats, where he lettered in each of his four years. Picked number 44 in the second round of the 1988 draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers and stayed with the Steelers until the year 2000. This, this gentleman was a seven-time Pro Bowler, a six-time All-Pro, 1990 All-Decade Team, Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team, and the Pittsburgh Steelers number 63 will no longer be issued to anybody, and this guy was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in the year 2012. It gives me great pride and an honor to introduce our next guest, Dermonte Dawson, to Steel Nation Live. Welcome to the show, Dermonte. James, Sanders, hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me on the show, and I'm glad I could, uh, I could make the time slot for you guys. And we appreciate it, Colin, from California, and we all we understand you got a lot of stuff going out there, so we appreciate it. But before we start the questionnaire, we want to we want to wish you a happy belated birthday, there, Demonte. Thank you, thank you. Hey, I'm not getting any younger, am I? Hey, Fifty-one, <laughs> boy. Hey, hey you, you wouldn't know. It seems like it. yesterday I was playing ball. I know, I know. One, you know, my body, my body is showing it. But uh, other than that, you know, hey, I don't, I don't really let uh, my age define what I do. Um, it's just a number. I know I'm restricted somewhat, but <laughs> hey, you got to keep on moving. <laughs> That's what it's all about. You keep moving. Hey, you know what? You it, right. And speaking of uh, birthdays, the fact is, let everybody here on Still a Nation Live know how was it growing up. In the, in the Dawson household, it's, it's got to be something, you know, like a lot of players go through a lot of things, a lot of family members involved or not. But how was that whole concept of you growing up in the Dawson household? Oh, you know, we had a, we had a huge uh, family, uh, you know, sorry, extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles. You know, my dad's side, there were 11 kids uh, in his family. I mean, you know, siblings. And so I had a lot of cousins and a lot of uncles. Uh, you know, in my household, I mean, you know, basically I was the oldest. I've got a brother who's four years younger, one that is uh, 10 years younger, born on the same day as me. Uh, we share the same wow. birthday. Then I have another brother. Yeah, yeah. And then I have another brother who is 11 years younger uh, and an adoptive brother uh, also who is 11 years younger. And, um, you know, I mean, me and my brother Marcus, uh, who is four years younger than I, you know, he and I were pretty much close, closer to age growing up. And then I was pretty much out of the house in college when my other brothers were uh, growing up as well. But, you know, still, you know, it, it was uh, just a normal, you know, my mom was a nurse. My dad was working at IBM. And, uh, you know, so just growing up, you know, playing sports, running the street, uh, you know, doing my thing in school, you know, playing baseball, uh, just like, uh, you know, just a normal um, uh, childhood. Now, now, Dermonte, tell us all about how you started getting into football, and what attracted you so much to this sport? Well, you know, I mean, really I was baseball, and baseball was my, my major sport that I, I used to play, and I played, you know, Little League. But what got me into football, I played football my ninth grade year uh, at the Lee Town Middle School. But I was a tight end, I was number 82, and, of course, I just went out because some of my buddies wanted me to go out, and I really didn't care too much for practice, you know, kind of skip practice every once in a while. So pretty much I was just a blocking dummy, basically. <laughs> um, I, don't, I, I don't remember playing any, uh, any games, actually. Um, so when I got to high school, you know, I was running track and, and playing baseball. So I ended up wrestling and, and, and running track my uh, uh, sophomore year. And then everybody knows the story that uh, Steve Parker, who, was, who had just been hired, 
in in 81 at Bryan Station High School, either 80 or 81, he was hired. And um, so I was coming out of uh, biology or, or chemistry class. I can't remember which class. And uh, he bumped into me in the hallway and said, uh, sir, can I help you? And I said, uh, Coach, I said, I go to school here. Uh, yeah, because I've been the same height since, yeah, yeah, I've been the same height, height since ninth grade, but I was just thin. But coming in, you know, I guess my sophomore year, I was, you know, wrestling and, and uh, running track. So I, I was looking much bigger. Plus, I had a goatee. And uh, so I looked a little older than what I actually was. And uh, he said, son, where have you been all my life? He said, you got to get out and play football. Wow. Um, so, you know, Mark Logan, Cornell Burbage, two of my track buddies, uh, teammates, they convinced me to go out for my junior year. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I mean, I started playing tackle, offensive tackle, and offensive Guys, like we said, you know what? Sorry we had two time constraints. Check out, check out the rest of the interviews here on www.stillernationlive.net. We know you'll love it. There's a lot of love out there tonight. Anyway, so bring the love here to www.stillernationlive.net. And also, we want to thank the guys here again on WBLZ Radio, the only radio show that gives much love to the rest of the shows out there and we love you and thanks again guys for supporting we'll see you next Tuesday with a full complement of shows here on Still a Nation Live love you and peace out till Tuesday Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.